This is Peak Too Early, presented by SAV Racing, featuring Mike Gendron, Trent Fontanella, and Steve Gendron. In the world, peak too early. I am one of your hosts, Steve Jenner, and I'm joined by Mike Jenner with Summer Off the Coast of Connecticut. Mike, how you doing? Oh, Steve, I think you know how I'm doing. We're coming off a of vacation. I'm trying to pull it together. I hope Trent enjoyed his nice week off from the podcast. But Trent, this is one of my. This is like kind of like a semi-annual tradition we have here on the podcast. It's like one of my favorite things we do, and you know it's coming. We all know it's coming. This is juice week for Steve. It, we all know that the, the juices showed up at his doorstep. We all know that we're going to talk about it later, and I love it, so I'm very excited to hear about that. Yeah, listen, listen, I eat, I, I drink, I drink, I average probably eight to ten Guinness a day, fish and chips, bangers and mash, like beef stew. Yeah, you're damn right I'm on a juice cleanse right now. And as always, at the House of Sav, we got Trent Fontanella. Trent, how you doing, bud? Oh, I'm, I'm doing good. I mean, you guys have the vacation, but I'm definitely feeling a little bit better than you guys are. Uh, Steve comes on the pod, and that was like the very first thing he said. It was just like, need the cleanse. I'm done with this. Uh, but I'm good, guys. This is like the longest I haven't seen your guys' faces in years now, which is kind of a crazy right. thing. I, I talk to you guys more than I talk to my own mother. So uh, having that little time away was probably good for all of us, but I'm, I'm glad you guys are back. Yeah. Well, so Mike and I were, we went on a vacation to Ireland and yeah, before people freak out, listen, you get your vaccinations, you got to test before you go, you test when you come back. Ireland, it's doing great with COVID. So we were safe. We wore a mask the whole time. So it was a, it was a very uh, uh, COVID conscious trip, but we had, we had the time of life. We had the, an amazing time, great trip, a lot of great pubs, a lot of great sightseeing. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm up, a am up a few LBs. I'm up, a, a a waist size in my jeans. I got my fat pants right on, on right now. So we got some serious like damage control to do right now. Um, so that's, that's, that's the mode we're in. Do you, do you I mean, have multiple sizes that you go back and forth depending on like how far away you are from your cleanse? I got two sizes. Yeah, I mean, this is without a doubt the most disgusting I've ever felt. I know I've come in here and like talked about like, you know, bachelor party weekends or this and that and the other thing. That's one thing. I mean, what I just put my body through was, was an unbelievable thing. It was just carbs followed by Guinness, followed by carbs, followed by, I mean, it was, there was times where it was just like, I was halfway through a meal. I was like, my stomach has never felt this full in my entire life. I don't, I don't know if I can fit another piece of bread, another Guinness into my face. I I just. And as soon as you say that dessert is on the table. Yeah. It's just, (laughs) it's, it's terrible. It's, it's great that you guys went now. I went probably, I don't know, must have been like 10 years ago now. And I walked away from Ireland with that same exact thought of like, I have never pushed my body to these like extremes <laughs> in my entire life. But hey, awesome vacation. Awesome country. Awesome. Like, 
you know, it, it's, it's one of those places like, and it's something that I'm going to, I vowed to do coming back. It's like, everybody talks to you and everybody's nice, right? Like we'd just be at a bar and somebody would come over to the table and be like, Hey, you mind if I sit with you guys? I'm looking for somebody to talk to. And they'd sit down and next thing you got a new friend. And it's just, it's just a pretty cool place. And um, we did a lot of great stuff, but before we get too far down this path of, you know, destroying ourselves, we do need to talk about one of the things that we did on this vacation. And in Ireland, they have the GAA, which is like the, the Gaelic Games Association. And what they do is their, their mission is to kind of like preserve like the Irish sports and everything. And they, they kind of organize, um, uh, what do they organize? They organize Gaelic football, they organize hurling and- um, Handball? Well, handball, yeah. Or not so, handball, it was wall ball or I don't know what that was, yeah. but something like that. So they like preserves and they like organize the, these, these massive sports between different counties through Ireland, all amateur sports, but they still fill stadiums of like 85,000 people. It's a massive deal over there. You're born into whatever team you play for. So whatever County you're born into, that's your team for life. And they have like 10 different divisions. And if you make it to the top, top division, you might as well be a pro athlete. You're a, you're a, you're a hero. You're a legend in your County. And so we did this Gaelic games, uh, experience Gaelic games. And what they do is, um, we had, you know, they take in, they teach you about these games. They give you some drills. They kind of teach you about each one of them. And then you play against each other. And now our family, you know, me, me and Mike were one of four boys. Our father's, uh, he's, he's, you know, pretty, he's, fairly athletic guy for his age. He's pretty fit for his age and he's competitive as well. And so they teach us this. And then we would just play for like 15 minutes all out, like kicking the crap out of each other in these games. And so we played a little bit of uh, a Gaelic football, which is a, it's a cross between, you know, uh, rugby, soccer, like Aussie rules football. It's an awesome game, but the game, the game that I think we were born for, the game that I am going, I am a diehard fan now, fan of now, is hurling. Hurling is unfreaking believable. It's an awesome sport. It's just like it, it, it's it's a. I, I don't even know how to like explain it. It's a cross between rugby, baseball. Like I, I don't know, Mike. It, it, it was awesome. Well, first of all, I want to be on the record. Steve said that our dad was fairly athletic for his age. I want to say that our dad is young and just a superb athlete, uh, you know, elite athlete, not just for his age, but for any age group. So on the record saying that, Steve. <laughs> um, but hurling, see, the, the, the thing that blew my mind is we played half-court hurling, and we probably played, I don't know, five to eight minutes of hurling. And, okay, now I get it. We also just spent a week drinking Guinness and, you know, eating fish and chips. I was gassed out of my mind playing this game. They say that in an average game, they run like, what was it, like a 10K per yeah. game or something they, like that? They, like They wear GPS, they're running a 10K per game. And like, I know people talk about how like in soccer, they run a lot too, but not only are you running a 10K per game, but you're getting your just like head knocked in with like wooden clubs. Like people are full body contact. These guys are maybe the best athletes on planet earth how many guinnesses did you have the morning before you played (laughs) that 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 was zero trent okay i'm not that big of a degenerate give me a little bit of credit 
shout out to our guy Paul. So Paul was our instructor. He had uh, he was a guy that had just been recently called up to Dublin's Division One team. Um, he was awesome. He was the man. He he kind of gave us all these drills, taught us how to do everything, and then he put up with us trying to you know run around and kick the crap out of each other. And, and Steve, the the coolest thing too about this whole you know, organization we're talking about and how important it like, this is like the most important thing in Ireland. These, the Gaelic football and the hurling, this is their super bowl. Like the whole country gets behind it. And really all it's not professional sports. It's really just like picture, you know, high school cross country, you know, your, your state championship type atmosphere where you grew up in the town that, you know, you live in. And so you go to that public high school, unless you're Trent. And then, you, <laughs> you you know, you race against the kids from the towns around you. I mean, that's what they're doing there. It's like very much like a high school cross country feel where it's just towns going against each other. Some towns hate each other more than, you know, than the other ones. These are just like counties going against each other. So it's just like, I don't want to say average Joe's because these guys are like premier athletes, but it's just like, they're not, they're not getting paid. They're not professional athletes. They're they have day jobs. Yeah. They have day jobs. And then, you know, by night they go and, beat the crap out of each other with these wooden it, it's just crazy it's absolutely wild I, I love the idea of being born into your team whether yeah. it's to be whether it's to be you know uh, an athlete or a fan wherever you're born that's your squad and that's the team you cheer for and it's like you know it's it, there's a national pride in the sense that everybody's cheering for like their sports they're fans of their sports but at the same time like they're they're bitter rivals with the county over or you know whoever they're playing that week it's awesome i bet elm's gaelic hurling team could be lowell's gaelic hurling team no not uh not a chance chance, not a chance well Uh, you want it you want to put together a squad why don't you put together a pelham squad and we'll put together a low squad and we'll have a little hurling uh, trent's been disowned from his pelham friends he'd have to get his his bishop Gurdon friends together I think uh, either way, I'm still going like a 10 to 1 population disadvantage, but that's all right. We'll figure something out. <laughs> but hey, you're the one who threw it out. All right. That's enough uh, Guinness and, and Gaelic Games talk. Mike, let's kick off the running news. All right. So we got two huge american athletes to talk about obviously we just had uh you know the pre-classic this past weekend we're not going to go through every single result that happened we're gonna we're gonna start with two huge names i think we should start with uh our girl shikari she woof did not show up this weekend she throws down a ninth place finish and now people are concerned I mean, Steve, how are we feeling? Is Shikari in trouble here? Was this just a blip on the radar? Is it the you know Olympics hangover? What do we got going on here? I have a hard time. I keep like going back and forth on a different different feelings on this. Part of me is like minor setback for a major comeback. The other thing is like, did we anoint this this girl too early? And I think unfortunately i feel like over the past couple years there's been a lot of that of anointing the next guy the next girl um and i and i think this just might part of me is thinking like this just might be the next the next athlete that we've anointed as like the next 100 meter runner um 
Yeah, man, this is a weird sport. You know, you come out there, you run an unbelievable race at the trials, you get all this attention, you get a deal with Kanye, you get Kanye posting about you on his Instagram before your race, you show up there with all this hype, and you finish dead last. Not a great look. I mean, if she's able to rebound and come back and be the top of her sport, you know, you know, be a gold medal contender, uh, you know, three years from now, we're going to look back and be like, this is going to be one hell of a documentary, right? Um, if she kind of fades and this just kind of spirals here and she's not really able to rebound, rebound from this, then it's going to be a sad story. I think there's only one thing we can take away from this, and that's that marijuana clearly is a performance-enhancing <laughs> drug. And you take that away from somebody, they're not going to be able to run fast. So I don't know what we were saying before that, that it was ridiculous that she should uh, receive or, or anyone should receive such a penalty for marijuana. Um, yeah, the, the sprints are so tough. It's, it's, it's so tough to, to, to make like a definitive statement on what happened just from that one race. Cause like if her mental mindset wasn't in it, maybe, you know, she, she didn't train as well as she should have post Olympic trials because of the obvious devastation that comes with just missing out on the team because of the marijuana positive. Like it wouldn't surprise me if she took a couple of weeks and just was uh, like mentally and physically exhausted from the whole experience and then tries to get back into it you know, mentally, she still may seem or, or may be a little bit uh, razzled from what happened and all the, the attention that she's gotten since then. So I'm definitely not ready to counter out yet. Let's give her a little, uh, let's give it some time here and see if she can rebound um, when we're a little bit further away removed from what was, you know, obviously like a, a momentous moment in her life when she gets taken away from the Olympic team. Yeah, I don't know how much we can take away from this. I don't know how much we can take away from the pre-classic in general right because you have the people who just competed at the olympics who you know are obviously on the olympic hangover and then you have the people who didn't compete at the olympics who you know their season's kind of over and they're trying to regroup and then shikari is kind of like somewhere in the middle right where like obviously she had the whole thing that happened where you know i could see how maybe she was lost focus in training for a little bit and it, you know, it was kind of a little bit dejected and I, I don't know. I just, we're talking about it because she's such a big name, but if it wasn't her, like who, who outside of the running community is paying attention to this meet, right? Like people uh, now know a lot of people that I don't, don't I, uh, Mike, I, Mike, I may, maybe, but like people, Mike, no, 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 no. A lot of people were paying attention to this race specifically. Like this, this, this race specifically had eyeballs on it that that this sport doesn't typically have. I Maybe, mean, Kanye, that, Mike, Mike, Kanye West was literally posting about it. Kanye West, the yeah, the most famous person sure. in the world. So you can't tell me that people weren't paying attention to this race. I, I sure there's more eyeballs on it, but. I mean, were people really tuning into NBC? I, I, I don't know. I think I, I, just, people, I find it. I think I think you had you had a a more diverse audience, uh, like that. You had you had people from 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 that don't typically pay attention to the sport watching this race more so than the Olympic hundred meters. 
I don't know about that. Now, but now, 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 that, now the now the the ratings on that, I I'm gonna lose that battle. But I for bet sure you will. <laughs> more, more people were pulled in. More people that wouldn't have watched track were pulled into this event because of all this hype, because of the Kanye thing, because of the because of the you know the 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 weed suspension, because of this big showdown that's been being hyped up. Like you can't say you can't say that people didn't really care about this race. People cared about this heat this race this event specifically more so than maybe any other single heat that we've had in the past couple years of the sport you just can't say that yeah and whether it actually translated into more eyeballs watching it you know live is one question but i can tell you there was a lot of articles written about it a lot of hype going into it and a lot of people were definitely checking on the results and it is kind of a shame when i think of it from that perspective that she wasn't able to perform a little bit better because she did have the opportunity to be this rising star with the attention on her and kind of catapult women's sprints to uh more of a national limelight than it is right now that that's the point i'm willing to concede live i don't know how many if we had this huge wave of eyeballs on live on social media was there more people tuned into it and interested in it and watching the the video of the the finish and the results and all that yeah sure i i I will buy into that i'm sure there was a a huge a a much bigger audience on social media that's fair but listen when you break it down it's one race and like i said it's after this whole weird situation I, i i don't think you can judge anything on one race and then afterwards she takes the mics and pretty much tells the whole world i had a bad race i ain't going nowhere she's screaming into the mic she got me all fired up i don't know i i just i'm not worried about shikari i loved it she's like you know you think i'm worried come on we we've talked it through and we've all been kind of wishy-washy and i started off with the wishy-washiness you know what i'm gonna put my foot down i'm actually gonna take a stance on this topic hey shikari you can't let that happen you can't you can't build up this hype. You can't you can't get all these eyeballs on you and finish last. You need to be competitive. If you if you didn't win, that that's one thing. You finish dead last. You can't let that happen. So all right, I'll I'll take a stance on it too. Bad races happen in this sport. It's at the Prefontaine Classic after an on Olympic year. I know Prefontaine Classic. Everybody's a, posting. Everybody. It was all of the social yeah, but media it's just, that, that the Prefontaine Classic might be more exciting than the Olympics. It was literally uh, all over social media. Here's the news. It was. It, it's not. It's I not. will pull. I will, Mike. I will spend. The, I will spend my entire day. No, I'm just saying. Me, no, you. No, I'm saying. Talking about how this was more. This was. This was hyped up to be a more exciting race. That's, in the Olympics. Again, again, that's fine. I'm sure those articles exist. I'm here to tell you that it's not the Prefontaine Classic in the Olympic year is not more exciting well, than Mike, the Olympics. Mike, that's Mike, just not. You had, you had a gold medal contender that was that had this bullshit ban that wasn't able to compete. I get it. I now know you have story. all the same people that were in the Olympics, including this gold medal contender. So yeah. Yeah, it, it, it's a more exciting race than the, than, than the gold medal race. It's just not. Yeah, you, you'll never been. sell me on that. You'll been. never sell me on that. And listen, it happens. It was a bad – I don't know. It, it just the, – the Prefontaine Classic and Olympic year, you can't sell me that it's, you know, this, like, turning point in your career and she'll never be good again and all the hype was lost. It's just like – People, Mike, you know what this Steve, is? Steve, the whole world will forget is? about this no, in a no, week. No, no, Nobody no. will care about this race. Nobody will remember the Prefontaine Classic in a week. 
Yeah, it's all it's all any ca- any casual sports fan that read an article will remember this. And and you know what this is? This is in what was it? It was like I think I forget what year. What year did the the Texans come into come into Gillette wearing the uh, the Letterman jackets? You know what I'm talking about? I know exactly what you're talking about. I don't know if I'll. The, the, I don't know, it was like Texans, 2011 anyway, or 2012 or something Texans, like that. Texans talked a lot of crap leading up to that game. They rolled into Foxborough. I think they may even been undefeated at that time. Gall got off the plane wearing the Letterman's jackets, jackets, and the Patriots actually absolutely buried their franchise, just destroyed their franchise. The Texans have never recovered from that game. This might have been. So that's your take. You're saying yes, Shakari's done. That's the you, that's you're willing to say that right now. Say it, be, Steve. Steve, could, you said you said you're having takes. You said you're making be. takes. What I said. No, don't. You're what being wishy washy again. You're being wishy washy again. Was, Just say it. Just say it. Say it right be. now. Don't say it could be. Could don't be. Say it could be. This say it could be. This could be a Letterman Jack race for Shakari, depending on how she does in her next race. Okay, I'll say it may not be the Letterman jacket race. If those are the takes we're going to have make a take, is it the Letterman jacket I'm race? I'm the one or not? making a take. You're the one that's sitting no. on the fence over there. No, I just told you right now, this is a nothing. It's a blip on the radar. It's nothing. Who cares? Shikari's awesome. And this is, she's going to be amazing. She's probably, no, not probably. She's going to win gold in three years. I don't care about that's it. That's a take. That's my take. Listen, the, your, the problem, your take is it may or may not be, well, um, a turning point in her career. That's not a take. That's some, a, that that some, takes stinks. I have some breaking news right now. Okay. You know the picture of uh, Shelly and Fraser Price like smiling in the background as as uh, Shikari's doing her interview. Yeah. It kind of went viral. Shikari Richardson just made that her profile picture on Twitter. I love it. Oh, I love it. I love it even more. Yeah, that's what the, she's gonna dominate the world for the next three years, and you're gonna look back and be like, "Actually, you won't look like any because you didn't actually have a take on it." You said it may or may not happen. <laughs> All right, moving on. <laughs> okay, Trent. Anything? Anything else to say? I mean, I have some digs. They're not as hot as uh, the debate that you guys just <laughs> had, so I'm gonna sit out. I don't even know what the debate was about anymore. All right, let's move on to Craig Angles. So. Craig Angles, <laughs> man, he uh, every time this guy races, it makes headlines. And boy, did he find a way to make headlines at this race. I'm sure we've all seen the clip now of him coming <laughs> around the turn with 100 meters to go, celebrating his victory and then getting out kicked. Following the race, he had a very interesting interview that we will get into. But let's start with the race. Steve, how do we feel about what went down on the track? All right. So I feel like there's there's a handful of, like, anointed people that you can't criticize. And I feel like looking at some of these pictures and what people are posting, you'd think that Craig won the race. And I think if this was anybody else, he'd be getting absolutely roasted. And now Craig's a friend of the show. We like Craig a lot. Craig is great for the sport. And I don't want to say anything to, 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 to criticize Craig because he's a friend of ours. But because he is a friend of ours, just like I would with any one of my other friends, I'm going to bust his balls here. Because, Craig, 
what the fuck, dude? You can't. What are you doing? You can't let this happen. You're celebrating as you're coming around the last turn into the home stretch, and then you get out kicked. Out kicked. What? What? Like this is this is one of the worst looks I've seen ever in the sport. And again, you look at some of these pictures and what everybody's talking about online. You'd think he'd won the damn race, Greg. What the hell are we doing? You can't let that happen. When when he does it, right? You see him coming around. If, if you're watching it live, my first reaction is as far opposite as you can. You could just have said, Steve, like. I'm so stoked for that moment, right? Where he is willing to like get the crowd pumped up as he's coming around the turn there into the final stretch. Uh, it obviously didn't work out for him the way that he had hoped for it to work out. But I, I do, I do agree with you, Steve. And I, my issue is it just wasn't the time and like the place for it. Right. Cause it, you know, Craig hasn't been on the biggest tear lately. Uh, he, that, that wasn't like the elite, you know, mile at the, the prefontaine. And so I'd like to see Craig, you know, showboat and trash talk and do all that. I never want to discourage any professional runner from any of that activity because that is what we want. But you got to be in that, like, you got to be winning if you're going to be doing that, right? And not even just in that race. Like, you got to be coming into it like, like you've been winning. You got to have, you've been walking around us with the, the big stick and, and knowing you're going to beat everybody. And Craig is not, no, like, he even said after the race that he hasn't even been training that hard. So for him to go out there and, and just like do that showboating without being in elite shape and without kind of on a tear right now, it, it wasn't the time and the place for it. I mean, we, we've all seen this happened to certain extents before, right? Where somebody celebrates before the line and gets beat. But usually it happens, you know, <laughs> five, 10 meters before the line. I mean, if you're celebrating a hundred meters before the line, you better be damn sure that you are about to throw down the biggest kick. And I mean, you just, you, you can't, you can't celebrate a hundred meters out that that is insane and like it it's like almost hard for me to have the stake not just because it's craig but because i do love seeing ridiculous stuff like this right and if somebody goes out there especially if craig goes out there and celebrates to the 100 meters to go and then wins the race this is a very very different conversation we're having today we're probably talking about how badass it was now craig is back but i do feel like you know craig can get swept up in the limelight at times and feel himself a little bit. And I do think at times it can be a detriment to his racing. Now it's never a detriment to his, the character that is Craig Angles. Cause I think that's part of, you know, why he's so beloved, but I'm afraid that it can be a detriment at times to Craig, the racer, you know what I mean? Like sometimes when I think he gets caught up in, you know, the, the glory of it, he is a badass racer, right? And I and I don't want that to take away from Craig on the track. Craig off the track, taken away from Craig on the track. So, yeah, it, it's just a tough look. It's a tough look. The the best part about it though is that it didn't take anything away from his personality off the track, right? Because he he goes into that interview afterwards. He's still all smiley. He's still all having fun. Uh, it seems like nothing 
and maybe he's just hiding it you know maybe he's just not showing like who his true emotions and feelings in that way but it seems like nothing on the track can like take away from that personality that we all love you know so much it's it's uh it's kind of an amazing like ability that he has to, to not let it face him because anyone else that does that you know you're putting your tail between your legs and you're hiding you do not want to talk to the media after that but he goes into it with a big smile just talks about how much fun he had well trent that's a perfect transition into the second part of this and it's the post-race interview if you haven't watched it if you haven't listened to it go give it a go give it a listen on youtube because hey mike why don't we just why don't we just cut in the sound clip right here all right i can do that um yeah so my contract is actually up and um, i'm going back to school uh, to finish my master's degree and i'm debating if i want to continue running so uh, i'm just spending the next like four months to reflect and see if i still have the love for the sport but today was a good step in the right direction all right, so there you hear it. Obviously, some interesting comments. I got a lot to say about this, but my first thought is maybe that explains Trent kind of the some of some of the stuff you're talking about. His kind of like you know happy attitude despite what happened in the race. Maybe even what happened on the race, knowing like where his mindset's at, where he's just trying to have fun out there. Where you know maybe he kind of knows that his career is coming to an end. So I do think that that can account for some of the stuff that we just talked about. The second thing is if you are a listener of this show and you are surprised by those comments at all, then you haven't been listening. I mean, when we've talked to to Craig in the past, especially the last episode, we've kind of alluded to it a couple times since then. I mean, I don't know about you guys, but the idea of Craig walking away from the sport is something that I have kind of come to terms with about a year ago. The last time we talked to him, I just got a sense that this was kind of a last two raw for him. He was going after the Olympics, and I get the sense that he's not in love with the sport, right? He loves racing. He loves competing, but I don't think he loves the sport, and I think he... I'm just not shocked at all that he would be willing to walk away from the sport. Mike, you get the sense. He said on these very airways on this podcast that he doesn't like running. Yeah. And he even said, even though it may have come off a little jokingly when he said it on his most recent interview on this podcast, which wasn't a year ago, it was, you know, 27, 28 episodes ago, episode hundred. He said that after this Olympic run, He's done. He said that on the on the show. He it sounded like he was joking about it. And he said he said in you know after this Olympic round, I'm gonna be podcasting with you people. You know what yep, I mean? Yep. So it, it's it's yeah, it's it's not a surprise. In fact, like I was kind of waiting for you know since the trials, I've been kind of waiting for him to say something. Um, all I'm gonna say is, Craig, like let's you know let's. Let's not jump to not racing those road miles, the Fifth Avenue mile, too quickly. Yeah. I mean, like, let's let's go to New York. You know, you don't need to run well, but let's uh, you know, let's party together after after the Fifth Avenue mile. Let's not let's not cut that one out of the out of the calendar just yet. The the comments he said about whether Nike would re-sign him or what contractually it would look like. I mean, maybe he would have some very specific things he'd want in his contract if he were to keep running. But Nike will resign you, Craig. If you want to keep yeah. running, if it's not Nike, somebody's going to resign you. I mean, first off, 
you're an elite, elite miler, right? You came in fourth in the U.S. drops, just missed an Olympics. On any other day, just wasn't your day that day. You could have easily have been one of our best milers in the country. So you don't have to worry about the contract. And you're just a fan favorite. Everybody loves you because uh, you are the man. Uh, don't worry about the contract. So it was funny to hear him kind of put it almost like a Nike scamp which makes you think maybe he was trying to work out a very specific schedule of races or, or ah, something like see? that. But that's, that's, that's some like, that's some like, you know, sports fan thinking, you know, mm. he's, he's negotiating his contract through his post-race interviews. I mean, that's something you see in like the NBA or, or NFL. You're saying that, that Craig is playing chess while everybody else is playing checkers. I, I think I agree with you that he's not sure if he wants to run. But if he does want to run, I bet this is a move on his part just to, to kind of – or I bet he's hardballing Nike a little bit. And like, I'll come back if, if you meet these certain demands or up the pay or whatever it's going to be. Um, the guy's savvy. The, guy, the guy's always having fun, but he, he's savvy. And his interviews are always A-plus because he just speaks his mind and it seems like so candid when he comes out. And it's, there's nobody else that gives an interview like Craig like that. But, yeah, I think there is a little something extra to what he was saying there. Hey uh... – Let's let's shoot our boy Danny Mackey a text. Let's uh, let's get Better him yet. training with Josh Kerr. Better yet, Steve. What what do you think? Uh, I know we've offered him a peak tour early singlet once well, in the past, yeah. but maybe we come back with an offer now. Just you one. To, we'll give him, we'll give him a one day contract. You want me to send him a text right now that that uh that that uh that Casey Miller in a singlet is a standing offer. Yeah, say say we're willing to do a one day contract. <laughs> All right, one day contract. He says no. We can go to two cases in Miller. We could do yeah. one day contract for the for the for the picture in the press conference. Yeah, like, like Nomar. Sure, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Tell tell him the offers on the table. Let him know. All right, uh, I'll let him know. <laughs> All right, gentlemen. That's all we got for the news. All right, so we are going to get into our interview with Avery Bartlett. So Avery is a uh, he's a former Georgia Tech runner. He ran for the Atlanta Track Club, sponsored by Mizuno. He's has some TikTok fame. He's got a hundred thousand followers on TikTok. He was the host of Running Things Considered. He just announced that he is stepping down from running things considered and he's no longer going to be podcasting. Avery is a guy that we've wanted to have on the podcast for a while. And we figured, you know, before he, he leaves the podcasting game for good, we'd have him on this, uh, have him on peak too early. Fun talking with him. Always fun talking with a, with a fellow podcaster. He's got the mic, mic. He's got the whole setup. He's, he's, he's a fun guy to talk to. Um, I thought it was a great interview. Let's get into it. Hey Avery, what's up, man? How's it going? Going well, good, man. Thanks for making some time to chat with us. Absolutely, absolutely. I feel like this has been a long time coming. I've had you on my list of people that we wanted to have on the podcast for a while. Um, saw the news come out about running things considered. I was like, man, we got to get Avery before he hangs up the microphone. But um, anyways, like, I, you know, let's I appreciate that. I appreciate just, that. Let's just start there. I mean, so like over the past couple months, you've kind of announced your retirement from pro running. Um, you have a hundred 
thousand followers on TikTok. I haven't seen you post in a while. Gotta mention that. Yep, yep, yep. Running things considers come to an end. Sixty nine episodes. Nice. Um, but I just want to start off by asking you: Are you kind of washing your hands of the sport? Are you done with the sport of running? Or what can we expect from you in the running world, kind of going forward here? So you mentioned like some pretty big things that have come to a, a close in my life. And I mean, I, I, I wouldn't say I'm, I'm getting out of the run, the running world. Uh, that's, I mean, you know, that, that, that that's something I would immediately disagree with, but I, I would say more so it's just, uh, it's just, I feel like I'm turning a turning a page kind of in my life, you know, um, the TikTok thing that was, I mean, ending that was more so it's not, it's not that, that I like stopped enjoying it. I just, uh, kind of, like checked off the box of like, I, I had the goal to like, you know, I really wanted to like get to a, a hundred thousand followers. And after I did that, the motivation slowly sunk. And also just the style of videos I like to make, it was more like vlog. Like, you know, I like to, you know, um, take my experiences and kind of like show them to other people. Like that was the kind of videos I like to make, but over quarantine, uh, you know, I, I couldn't really do that as much because I just wasn't having as much fun. There wasn't like as much of my life I wanted to document. So that that's kind of how TikTok fizzled. TikTok was a hard fizzle away. Running, because like, like each of these things, I have to answer each, each part differently because TikTok ended a completely different way that running ended and running ended a completely different way that the podcast ended. Um, but I guess just going in order, um, as far as like the pro running career, um, I feel like I just really just like gave, gave it a really good shot. Uh, and it just didn't work out. Like, I, th I feel like that was just straight up just a fail, uh, to put it the most simple. And I, I don't, I don't feel like weird saying that. I don't feel like, you know, uh, like ashamed of myself, but that's just kind of like, just, just kind of how it is like pragmatically. Like I, you know, I, I switched coaches. The training was absolutely insane. Uh, my body just straight up couldn't handle it. I just wouldn't recover. Like I would, I would get in like workout fitness, but you know, I would, I would run like the craziest workouts of like I could ever even dream of. And then just not even break my hot, my high school PR in the 800. And then just other symptoms of overtraining. Like I would like, uh, like lose 10 pounds overnight, uh, like regularly, which, you know, not great. Uh, wait, wait, wait. Oh, sorry. Sorry. That was oh. my microphone. I was saying I could use that right now. <laughs> that lose 10 pounds overnight i just came back from vacation i could i could uh whatever that symptom is i could really use it right <laughs> well I, I mean i can write down exactly what i did you're gonna have to run like you know mile repeats at like 4 30 pace and that's how you know that's that's how you lose weight quick you know <laughs> um but but yeah and so you know i just kind of i put my whole heart and soul into that and i i really like i feel like i turned every stone that i could turn and I, and my body just couldn't handle it. So I was just driving myself crazy. And I was like, well, you know, uh, I, I might as well just be thankful that I got this far and not dig myself to a deeper, like maybe emotional hole or whatever. Uh, and so that's kind of why I, I, I stepped away from running and, you know, as times passed, it was the right decision. Um, and then the podcast, I don't really have as great of a reason of why that stopped. It was, so I started my job and I was getting absolutely just destroyed. Uh, cause I'm doing software development and you know, if anyone knows anything about that field, you know, typically starting a new job's insane. Cause you're just trying to like learn, you know, just a skyscraper size code base and it's really overwhelming. Um, and so, I mean, I was still like doing the podcast through that. Um, 
But what kind of what kind of killed that for me a bit is you know over starting you know starting the new job I was trying to think of like of my future goals you know like ten years in the future and because that's that's kind of how how I think of like a lot of the times I always think of like like really really far in the future and like what what I'm doing right now like helps me then and I mean the podcast was great during quarantine because like you know it pretty much was my social life right it was like my therapy my social life it was great but coming out a little bit. You know, I started talking to people more and I've almost, I've also kind of like, uh, you know, like, like, like all the guests that, you know, as you know, doing this, like sometimes conversations repeat themselves a little bit. And so that was happening especially a lot near the end. Um, and so to tie this all back together, uh, more or less, I just kind of saw like the person I was going forward. Uh, the podcast didn't, didn't entirely like fit with that goal. You know, it's like, I pictured myself, you know, like the dream of like when I was running, I would dream of being an Olympian and that would get me like really excited and really motivated. But when I was podcasting near the end there, I would think about like, oh, what if I had like, I don't know, like a hundred thousand weekly listens and that thought didn't exactly get me excited. So it wasn't like a goal that really meant a lot to me. Not that I didn't enjoy it and not that I don't love podcasting, but to answer those kind of three questions, just getting after it. Uh, I hope I did a decent job of, you know, exposing myself a little bit there. No, that was great. I, I, I guess what I took from that is what complete assholes we are. You're like, oh man, I need a break from podcasting. So uh, your first week off. No, dude. Let's let's get you on the mic, <laughs> baby. Let's get you back into podcasting. Well, this is exciting because it's yeah, fun yeah. being in this chair. Like, I mean, I, I, I mean, I, I wish I could have gotten like gotten you guys just because you've you've earned it. You know, get being the guest in a podcast is it's less work. You know, it's just you're just chilling out. But you guys got to think about what I'm saying and respond to it. You know, for miss that right, miss me with that. <laughs> I was going to say the same thing, Mike, is like, good luck retiring if you're already back on it. But in these like 10 days or however long it's been since the last pod came out, has it been just like an uber relaxing feeling like this, like big weight off your chest? Or are you already missing like some of the grind that you had to get into? The honest answer is I've been kind of too busy to reflect in a sense. Uh, I've I've been kind of go-go mode with, with work. I've been excited. You know, I've been you know, doing some like stupid, like trading crypto and I've been working on my game. So I've just been kind of like go mode, you know? Um, but I'm definitely gonna miss it, you know, for sure. Cause I mean, as you guys know, it's fun. It's tons of fun doing podcasting. And it's, I wouldn't say it's that much of a weight. It's just kind of like the, the worst part is as I mean, I, maybe you guys can relate it. I think like reaching out to guests because, you know, you're kind of like putting yourself out there, writing up that message and, you know, maybe, you know, you get like one out of three that respond. And if you want to have a weekly episode you know you kind of have to cross your fingers that you know you get stuff and so near the end there's like right after the olympics like no one would respond and that was just kind of like oh you know <laughs> yeah it's stressful and i and i think because i mean we're, we're not making money off of this right we're doing it we're doing it because we have fun and we enjoy it and i thought about it a lot right because we've been doing this for a long time way longer than i ever thought we would do it for and you know, I, 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 there's going to come a time where it comes to an end. I mean, life gets in the way, right? Hopefully not anytime soon, but we've always kind of had the mentality when it stops being fun, we're going to stop doing it. Like we still look forward to getting on the mic once a week and, and hanging out and chatting with each other. So yeah, I, you know, I think, I think it's way too much of a, it's way too much of a grind for, uh, you know, for it to, when it stops being fun, you gotta, you gotta kind of stop doing it. For sure. And I mean, like, as you guys, I mean, I mean, you guys have like well over a hundred episodes, right? 
Yep. One, right. 128. Uh, 128 today. But and, and I'm sure there's been like maybe like a, a streak of like a month or something where it, it was kind of like a grind a bit, but you just keep pushing forward, right? Um, and and I felt like the like I don't know that that like stretch of grind was was longer than I than I thought it would. But you know, I mean, it's not that I like I've. I, I really enjoyed it. And, and if I could just like not do any of like the background work and just know that I'd, you know, come out like once a week and just talk to people, that would be, you know, I'd probably still be doing it. Um, but it's, I mean, I'm honestly just complaining. It's like terrible excuse. It really isn't that much work in general, uh, but <laughs> I'll just, well, I got Hey, hey you know. well, anytime you want to scratch a podcasting itch and you want to jump on the microphone, you want to join us on peak too early because I'll say, cause, cause like you said, you're entering a new stage of your life. You're no longer professional runners. Some might say that you peak too early. That's so right. anytime, anytime That's right. you want to hop on the mic, you have a platform right here. Dude, you, you've, I think asking that, I don't think you entirely know, you know, how often I might do that. So <laughs> anytime you got, anytime you got like a hot take or something that's like, you know, if really, I, you know, cause some, you, if sometimes I think of jokes. Sometimes I think of like good jokes that I'm just like, I have to tell somebody this. And so I, I have, if I have to fit in a funny joke somewhere, maybe I'll just, I'll just like sneak in somewhere. I think if we something. had a segment that was just like jokes from Avery, we would that would be <laughs> killer. Like whenever we need it, we just do a quick little joke. It'd be great. Dude, I, I love I it. Because I, I, the podcast I've been listening to a ton, uh, which I don't know if, that's, if, it, if it says bad things about me or I'm not sure yet, but it's a, it's a comedian named Tim Dillon. Um, he's, he just, he's just like the most like offensive person in the world, but he just, he just is somehow just so right about everything. Uh, and, and his podcast is just ranting. He just like just rants and talks about nonsense. So if you give me five minutes of just, you know, I'm not going to, you know, lose you any sponsors or whatever, you know, lose listeners. But you know, if, if, if you just want me to yell for five minutes, Hey, I'll be here, you know, I'll be here. Hell yeah. I love it. I love it. So we, we kind of like, you know, went down. I, I think it was like a nice um, kind of overview of like your path and, and your involvement in, in the running community there. So that was great. It, it, it kind of painted the full picture. But let's go back. I mean, we kind of took a we, we went dark a little bit there, right? I'm sure you had yeah, we, a ton. Of, I'm sure you had a ton of fun doing this stuff. And there's so many moments right in between the grind and all that. And I, I don't know, I think about some of like the stuff I was, I was looking at what you guys did through your podcast, your little like three-legged oh, yeah. mile and stuff like that. So is there like a specific moment for you through your TikTok, which by the way, you must've been like, I saw your first TikTok was in like 2018. So you must've been the first person on TikTok. I don't know how that worked, but, <laughs> <Yeah>. uh, <laughs> but was, is there one moment for you or maybe a couple moments where it was like the last year to professional running the TikTok game, the podcasting game that was like, Oh wow, that was, that made it all worth it. Oh yes, for sure. I honestly like, you know, I'm talking about like the end wasn't great, but like during that was, that's a period of my life. I'm never going to forget. Like that was, you know, easily like one, like when I, when I was, you know, peak really loving the TikTok, when I was peak really loving the podcast, and pro running, I mean, I guess I wasn't racing when I was having that fun then because of COVID, but <laughs> when I was just crushing workouts, I guess, uh, that was so much fun. And I would say my highlights, my highlight for the podcast is definitely the three-legged mile, uh, just because 
I mean, it's, it's a pretty shallow answer, but just because it got a lot of views straight up, that's, that's legit why that was one of my, one of the best parts of it. Um, so for, for, for those of you who don't exactly uh, know what that, uh, know what I'm talking about there. Um, so pretty much me and my buddy Zane, uh, one of the, one of the core parts of the, uh, the podcast for us was having listeners call in and, you know, we just, you know, answer whatever, whatever fun stuff they say. And one time somebody called in and said, Hey, the world record for the three legged mile, it was like seven minutes, 15 seconds. Like, do you guys think you could beat that? And what do you think you, we, you could run? And we said, like, if we could break five, that would be like insane. But breaking six was like the goal because then he smashed the record anyway. So one time uh, we, we, we bought like legitimately off Amazon. I paid $15 for like these kids, like, um, I guess three legged straps. They were just like extra cushiony. So I legit paid money for it because at that point, like, I'm serious, we're doing this. So it, randomly, we didn't really plan it out. I just called up my buddy Zane. I was like, look, hopefully no one's at the Georgia Tech track and no one's going to see us. Let's <laughs> go there. Because at this point, I still like feel like I should be a respected athlete. And I kind of feel like going down like the Nick Simmons path of breaking crazy records. I'm a little bit ashamed of it. But only if I don't get views. Only if I don't get views. Oh, yeah. So if I do that and get views, I'll be cool. I'll be cool. So I got my buddy to film it. We go there. Um, it's actually kind of a, a, a funny story. Don't mean to drag this on. Um, so we go there, and the only person that's on the track is our Georgia Tech's Russian pole vault coach, uh, Coach Kirilov. He, he pole vaulted for the Soviet Union. And he, his, he like, broke his arm, and, and so his arm's just, like, permanently just in the pole vault position uh, just, to, uh, just to add an extra, extra picture. So me and Zane, we strap each other. You know, we, 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 you know, we kind of, like, hold hands, but we're a little bit far apart because we're just too cool to, like, get up all in each other. And so we, we run a few turns, see how it is. Uh, you know, it's good. It's not great. And so then we, when the, then we go up to the start line, and uh, right before we – we um, shoot the gun. Uh, Kirilov, he goes up and he's like, wait, wait, wait. You guys, you know, the arm movement. And he starts just like kind of describing how we are. Like, yo, it's, it's too much. It's too much. And we're just like, what? <laughs> and, and we stop. We don't be rude because he's a coach. You know, he, he's a bull for the Soviet Union. We're not going to be like, okay, what are you talking about? We're like, okay, like, hey, what's going on? Uh, and, he, and he goes up to us. And since, you know, as I said, we're kind of like, we have like space in between us because we don't want to get that close. He grabs my arm and he grabs Zane's arms and he just throws them around each other's shoulders. So we just get sandwiched into each other, our sweaty bodies. And he's like, look, it's too much. This just enough. And he steps away, shoots off the gun. We start running. Uh, and, and the only thing I'm like, okay, it's like, I hope, I hope they're getting good footage. Cause like, oh, this is, this is the only reason I'm doing this. Me and Zane are just stuck against each other. And for those also who don't know, I'm six, three Zane's like five, 10, that may be generous. Probably five ten. I don't know. I'm a lot bigger. I'm a lot bigger than him. And so I start counting. We start counting out loud. I just go one, two, three, four, one, two, three, four to get our foots in sync. And then we do that and we end up running five twenty-two. I do some funny stuff with the camera. I get that. I edit it up, post that video. And, and actually I give it to Sidious Mac first and Chris gets it. He sends it to some of the sports illustrated people. Sports Illustrated posts it. Um, I think uh, like the Lad Bible, they messaged me. Uh, I gave them the video. They never posted it, but you know, it's just, they, they saw that. Um, and then Sports Illustrated posted it on TikTok and I got like 3 million views. So that, that was just, that was cool. 
that was cool. It was a long-winded story. If that was, that's a memory I'm gonna, I'm gonna probably gonna tell a lot of people. Cause that's, that's just funny to me. It's just funny. <laughs> that's very cool. Yeah, and you had coaching. I didn't even realize you had some, you had some, <laughs> uh, some, some technical coaching. Some Russian coaching. Yep. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> I, I, I mean, without his, without his vice, I don't know if he, if the record goes down. I, think I don't we know. need him on the pod. I think we need the <laughs> former Soviet football player. I'm sure he has some there. stories. It's it's so funny because. Uh, the the thing about it is I'm sure he's like a really funny guy in Russian, but like the translation of like uh of like Russian jokes to um English jokes make absolutely no sense. Okay. <laughs> and so like one joke he, he likes to tell people, um, which is just comically unfunny and doesn't make any sense, is he goes, So uh question, why do polar bears get scurvy? And we're just like, I don't know, Coach Kirlov. And he goes, because they can't have oranges in Antarctica. And apparently in Russian, that's like the funniest joke of all time. Apparently. <laughs> yeah, I think doesn't translate. Doesn't translate. No, doesn't translate. <laughs> I don't know. If that's our jokes with Avery session. I'm good with it. I think we can get on <laughs> yeah. for stuff like that. I'm just going to make up stuff, you know. I think it's great. Absolutely. Yeah, I think, I think if we're going to do this segment, we can only do it if you do it in your Russian uh, mm. your Russian accents. I think that's the only, that's my, I, I that's really my only stipulation. Yeah, yeah, I really do. Maybe, maybe you could just have coach Kirilov on the podcast and I'll just talk in that voice the whole time, you know? <laughs> just make up. All right, Avery, I want to bring it back to, to a little bit more serious, going back to our original conversation. And I want to try and change your mind a little bit. Mm-hmm. Okay. So you said, you said your, your professional running career was a fail and I don't, I don't know if you should look at it like that because, listen, you got paid to do this sport. You got paid to do a sport that you, you, know, you loved, you worked your entire life to do, and that's something very few people can say. And this sport is brutal, and it's brutal to be a professional athlete in it. And if you're you know, one of the top athletes in the world and you can have a long, successful career and make a good amount of money on it, that's amazing. But one, I think one of the worst things that can happen to people in the sport is they get stuck in the middle, right? They're just good enough to hang around and they blink their eyes and 10 years goes by and they just kind of hung around that middle and they don't really have much to show for it at the end. You got in, you got paid to do this sport, something not many people in the world can say, and you got out and you're on to a software developer job and you're living life post running, you know, and you didn't, you didn't like kind of waste a chunk of your life, you know, in, in the sport that takes more than it gives sometimes. Sure. And I, 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 I agree. And I, I guess maybe I, maybe I, I, I picked the wrong word uh, verbiage for that, or I didn't, I didn't spend enough time on, on explaining my exact feelings. Um, Cause personally, like, I don't, I, I, I think it may be more, more destructive to say that like, it was, it was a success than otherwise. And I'm not saying it's not cool. I was, I was grateful the whole time, you know, and it was great perspective, um, uh, to, you know, just to be able to do what I do what I did, you know, to be able to make TikTok fun, doing it, grow social media, meet a bunch of people. I mean, it was, it was awesome, but I mean, I had, I had goals, you know, when I was, when I was, uh, you know, in there and, you know, I think I think throughout all facets of life, goal setting is super, super important. And I feel like it's it's not exactly healthy if you if you set goals, um, and then maybe and if you don't reach them, and then change the goalpost a bit. You know, I mean, I feel like it's fine to have goals that you don't make, that, that that you don't achieve. Um, I I don't feel like there's anything 
anything wrong. And I, and I feel like the thing I'm most proud of is how, I, I mean, I honestly didn't even get close to what I wanted to do. You know, the training just didn't work out. And as I said, my body, you know, did not respond well. Um, but now kind of after the fact, I don't look at it like I'm super ashamed. I don't, I'm not ashamed of it. It's just kind of like a matter of fact thing. And then going forward in my life, um, it kind of like takes a little bit of weight off my shoulders to try more difficult things like the, like, you know, the game I'm trying to make, which is probably going to fail, but I just feel like I, I know how it feels to, you know, to really put your heart, soul, everything, put all the distractions aside and just focus on one thing and still fail. Um, and if you can keep moving forward after that, uh, I feel like, you know, I feel like that's, it's, it's, it's not a bad thing. So I, 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 I understand your sentiment, but like, like, like the way, like, like the word failure doesn't like, it doesn't make me feel bad about myself. It's just kind of a matter of fact thing, if that makes sense. Oh, I, mean, I get that, man. I like, whew, that was deep, man. That's, that's, that's good stuff. I, I feel like I need to keep picking your brain because usually we don't go this serious. Usually we're pretty like, goofy fun loving podcast but but i don't know like i feel like the way you talk about this stuff it it, it, i don't know it gives me a little bit of different perspective so i guess staying on that path i read a quote of yours where you said something on the lines of the pandemic killed your career your running career Uh, and you were talking about in terms of like you enjoy the social aspect of running and that's such a big part of the sport for you and i feel like that's something that we can all relate to in a way, but also I feel like sometimes gets lost because we're also focused on results and watching races and this and that and the other thing. But if we, if you really, I think if most runners really boil it down and think about what they love about running, they think about, you know, those college runs or, you know, 15 mile long runs with the boys and you know, the, the jokes and all the, the social aspect of it. Can you just talk a little bit like about what, what, that means to you and like I guess maybe why we don't talk about that more because when you said that that made sense to me it's like when it, without the social aspect of running it just it, it wasn't sure. the same for you and so I'm going to take that that question from the perspective of it's important to be uh, uh to be not stressed out about running or happy I guess if if you want if you want results um, and, and what I mean by that is so social, obviously social stuff, super important, you know, like I'm, I'm a, I'm a big extrovert, you know, um, I, whenever, whenever I work from home, I, I, I leave the house and I go to a coffee shop just to have people around me just cause it gives me more energy. Um, and it's, um, and, and, and kind of like, like in college, like Georgia tech was one of the, one of, one of the biggest teams, uh, that I can think of. I think there were like 30 or 40 cross country runners on the team, which is just gigantic. Right. And so just having all those people around me, I feel like that contributed a lot to my success. And I mean, it's, it really just is as simple as just like, you know, just having people to mess around with, it just makes it more enjoyable. I don't need to elaborate. I feel like we all understand, um, understand that, but I, I, I feel like quarantine, I, I may have said like, like I'm a social runner, but to elaborate more, I mean, I, I, I hate blaming one thing uh, for, um, you know, for, for, for my not success. So I, I may take back that statement just because I don't want to be like one of those old guys of like, I would have been an Olympian if it wasn't for the pandemic, because I probably wouldn't have been, but, uh, <laughs> you know, um, but 
but you know, it, it, it kind of like, like during the pandemic, kind of like everything slowed down and the only thing in my life kind of became running. And if I didn't have practice to look forward to as in like my social hour, like I did at Georgia tech, it was maybe just me or two dudes. Um, it became the, the one stress of my, my life. So a lot of the times I see when people are successful in running, it's, it's even when they're stressed out, you know, maybe they went through a breakup, maybe they're having troubles in schools and they let out that energy in running. But if running becomes the stressor, the one stressor on your life, which it became for me, it, it, it gets difficult, you know, and, and that rarely ever, you know, you really ever see results after that. Um, you know, I guess, you know, I'm, this is a, an example of a big fat assumption, but, you know, possibly, you know, Shakari Richardson, she had a really bad performance um, at, at the Prefontaine Classic. And possibly this could be an example of, you know, running wasn't the, the, the thing taking the stress off or off, uh, getting the stress out. It was the thing putting the stress in because you know, at the trial, she had such a great meet. It's because she, you know, had the family issues going on. So she had, you know, she, you could use running as a tool to, you know, let that stress out. But when she put all that pressure on herself and it became the only thing that mattered was how she performed and all the weight was on her shoulders, maybe she didn't perform too well. Um, so maybe that made sense and kind of help explain, you know, if I didn't have practice to look forward to, you know, running became the stress and it just cannot go well from there. I think it definitely makes sense. I think we can relate to it. I think a lot of our listeners can, who are different like college runners, high school runners, or maybe just casually running after. Uh, it's something that we've talked to other pros about how when it comes to stress, it, it's not good. So it's, it's good to hear your perspective on that. And it's something I think that um, a lot of people can, yeah, can definitely relate to. Um, you talked a lot about the success of the running career. How about the, how about the podcast TikTok career? Do you look up back at that as like it being a big success? Yeah, no, that, that, I think that, that definitely, uh, I, I would say that's a success. Um, like, like with TikTok, you know, I, I definitely it, like, you know, surpassed the goals that I had for myself, probably because TikTok's honestly, it's not that hard. Let's be honest. Uh, it's not like YouTube or anything. Yourself, Avery. All right. But, uh, <laughs> um, well, I guess I, I don't know. I, I figured it out or whatever, but, um, but yeah, no, TikTok, that, that was, that, that was awesome. And I still, I still see people like in the streets of Atlanta that'll recognize me from there. Um, you know, and so that, that makes me feel good. And TikTok is the only reason I'm on this podcast. I'm, I'll tell you that right now. Uh, TikTok's the only reason I have my followers on, on, Inst or, you know, above a thousand followers on Instagram. Uh, you know, TikTok really kind of put me into, you know, different conversations, uh, with that. So I'm really thankful for TikTok and I had tons of fun doing it. Absolutely tons of fun doing it. I'll probably post again. Uh, you know, I, there's no doubt I'm going to get back on the app eventually. Um, just cause I, I love it so much, but, and then back to the podcast, uh, you know, absolutely. Um, I, I don't, we didn't, I didn't really have a goal for the podcast to be honest, like I did for TikTok and running. It was just kind of like a fun thing to do. Um, I just wanted to be weekly, be consistently weekly and get some fun guests on that I'd like to talk to. And so, you know, that was just, that was fun. And, you know, the podcast did decently well. And so, yeah, I mean, yeah, those, those two, I definitely think were, you know, they're, they're going to be good memories for sure going forward. So you, you mentioned it briefly in this interview and you talked about it in your last episode of Running Things Considered, but you're developing a video game. Can you tell us a little bit about the video game and when we can expect it? Sure. 
I'll tell you about the video game. The when part is, I can't. I can't tell you when because uh, I'll, I'll elaborate on that later. Um, but so when, when, when I was kind of, you know, down in the dumps with running, uh, I just couldn't get myself to make TikToks anymore when I was probably, you know, at, at like, you know, at, at close to my low. Sorry about that. Whoa. Oh, can you hear us? Oh, come on, dude. Sorry oh. about that. Oh, yeah. Sorry, sorry about like that. Had... The... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. The the the, the, the internet was unplugged. Um, no worries. No worries. Yeah, we know. lost you. We lost you right at. You said you were talking about how it was kind of at your your lowest. Sure. We thought, uh, we thought sure. maybe this the the video game was top secret and you were just playing with us and we're like cut out right out right before you told us about <laughs> yeah game. yeah gotta keep gotta keep them guessing i always gotta keep <laughs> them guessing um so yeah i'll, I'll step back so, so i was looking for something to do um something that was going to get me excited and one of the things that's been kind of a, a defining hobby of my entire life was video games and i went to college uh with 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 an intent i took a lot of video game classes i just loved to as you guess it uh make a video game so so i was thinking about ideas like how to make a running video game and when i was sitting in quarantine um i was thinking about two things either what would something that what would, what would be something that i would like to play and what would be something that would be easily marketable so that was solved by uh, a way to go on runs i guess like go on fun runs, fun famous runs uh, throughout the world, like the um, like, like 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 running on top of the mountains in New Zealand, or you know, running on I guess you know in, in Boulder, Colorado, or whatever. So I, I figured out a way. Uh, so so more or less, just like you know, experience runs from my phone when obviously I can't go there. So I'm in Georgia, and so I figured out a way to use the Google Map um, elevation data, import that get get your mountains or whatever find the trail mark the trail up um and then i wanted to be mobile so i did i did some stuff to make it a little more graphic uh less graphic intensive throw some trees in there throw some you know some grass in there throw some art or whatever get my character um because you know it being mobile i don't have to be like a super insanely good uh 3d modeler um because it's small you won't notice details so I, I, I 3D modeled a guy and I don't really know much about animation. So my workaround for that was I found this software called Deep Motion. Um, Deep called, yeah, it was called Deep Motion. And what I could do is I could take a video of somebody on a treadmill and what it would do is it would convert that into kind of like a 3D animation. And so, you know, how Jakob Ingebrigtsen posts um, a, bunch of, a bunch of his treadmill videos doing tempos. So I took a video of that, I put it into the software Deep Motion got his exact running form in, in, in an animation .bvh file, um, did a little bit of touch-ups, threw it on my guy, and so now I have, you know, your character in somewhat realistic running form, you know, running in, you know, running towards the flat irons of Boulder, Colorado, which is one of, like, the most Instagram-heavy um, places, you know, you, you, could, you could ever see. It just does super well on Instagram. And so my thinking there was, like, if it does well on Instagram, and so... And then it would do well in my game because let's say you're scrolling through Instagram or TikTok, and then you see a, a picture of my game. Like I, I, I've already, 
I already know like the aesthetic is good because you know, it's done well in real life. So hopefully that'll make the person stop, look at, look at the video game, you know, hopefully I can, you know, impress them with, you know, some cool visuals because the gameplay doesn't really matter if you're trying to market it. Um, so I was more so focused on the visuals when I started, but now when it goes to gameplay, um, I'm still, I'm still working with that. I mean, obviously running like that, there's no way that can be fun. Um, so like in a video game, like I'm not, I'm not stupid. All right. I'm not stupid. So, uh, I'm trying to figure out a way to like have some sort of fun mechanic that probably won't be realistic or something to, to make the gameplay a little bit enjoyable. But you know, the, the main part that I'm excited about is just starting a pretty ambitious project, like making a video game. Cause you have to be good at coding. You have to be good at art. You have to be good at networks. You have to be good at all sorts of different things. It's like building a car. You have to know so many different things about so many different, you know, aspects and perspectives, um, to make it successful. And so that's a gigantic challenge I have. And I just thought that'd be just a fun thing to do. So right now, um, right now I, I just finished up touching the animations. I have a few maps ready. And then, um, so it it honestly could be two years to be honest. Cause I mean, it's not like I still have my full-time job. I'm still working out. I'm still running. So I can only put like maybe five hours a week on it. Um, so that's going to hold it. But the, I mean, the scale isn't crazy. It's not like I'm trying to make Skyrim or anything, but you know, nonetheless, I still have to learn or learn and or refresh. I've made video games, a few video games before, but refresh the skills to, you know, make that happen. And hopefully, you know, I can just give it a shot. So, yeah. So, will you be able to like race on it? Like, will you be able to race somebody on the game or that's something I think would be the best angle is if, is if I could have it like multiplayer, kind of like a cross country race. Um, yeah, that'd be awesome. That would be the best angle. But you know, as I said, like I'm just one dude and that, and like each feature is, you know, could be like another three months. So I have to really think about, you know, w- what I'm going to add. Cause you know, finishing it is the most important part for me, but I've definitely thought about that because that would be so much fun. That would be sick. I, I mean, yeah. I'm in. I'm, I'm all in. On Good. <laughs> my, my first follow-up question to that is, does your character have to wear a speed suit? That, that, that right now, um, some, may, some may look at, look at that as a bug, but I look at that as a feature. So. <laughs> I mean, if he's got, if he's got, <laughs> if he's got the Inger Britson form, he's got to have the speed suit. He's got to have the speed suit, and it's fitting tight. All right? Okay. It's fitting tight. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, yeah, that's, good. I love uh, that's very cool. Uh, we're very much looking forward to that coming out. You know, I know it's going to be a while, but it's pretty cool to hear, especially hear a runner that has just kind of like a diversity of of interests and hobbies and doing some cool stuff. And um, that, that that's awesome, really. For sure. Yeah, and, and that's kind of like a description of me. Is like I'll like dabble in like a million different things, but I'll never specialize. So I'll get like decent at a bunch of things. <laughs> So if you ever listened to one of our podcasts before, you know, we end on a quick game. And so this is going to be a nice transition into down the home stretch for us. So Mike, why don't you kick off down the home stretch? So it's a good transition down the home stretch, rapid fire questions. We're hitting you with questions about video games based on our previous conversations. So Trent's going to hit you with the first question. Let's go. I was going to ask you, how do you make running fun in a video game? But I think we just covered that. So we can move on to my next one. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Right. That's no fun. All right. Um, What game are you definitely no doubt about better than anyone listening to this podcast right now? Uh... You know, this isn't, I'm not bragging about this. I feel bad about it a little bit, but it's a game called Dota 2. You know, when I was, when I was 15, I put 
easily over 3,000 hours into it. Wow. Wow. Okay. <laughs> um, let's see here. So I just bought, literally yesterday, I bought Madden 22, and it stinks. It's the worst Madden I've ever bought. There's so many glitches, and I want to call and try to get my money back. My question is, have you ever tried to get your money back for a game you bought? I haven't. I haven't. But I, I, I haven't. I, I, I don't know. I, I don't think I'm, not, I'm just not ballsy enough. I don't have a good elaborate answer for that. But I'm just never ballsy enough. Just in general, like even if like I ordered something and they gave me the wrong thing, I wouldn't. I wouldn't ask for it again. But <laughs> you know, I think you should. I think you should because that's something Terrible. I can't do. It, it's it, just, it, in, in your franchise mode, it gives you an automatic loss even when you've won. It's the worst game of it's all. It's ridiculous. Time. It's, it's ridiculous. Bad. They need to figure it out. They yeah. need to figure it out, you know. So I think you should. I All think right. you should. Let's go. All <laughs> right. Who, who is your uh, Super Smash character? Uh, Captain Punch. Captain Falcon. Captain Falcon. Jesus. Captain Punch. Falcon Punch. Captain Falcon. Ah, you're getting my head. Jesus. <laughs> I thought you were like talking about some weird GameCube like version that I didn't know. <laughs> Captain Punch. Yeah. Captain Punch. Yeah, he's, he's like he's like the like the like the Japanese version of the Kool Aid Man, you know. So <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right. In college, we were all addicted to Flappy Bird. Did you play Flappy Bird? I didn't have a smartphone until after that was a thing. Making me feel old. What is? Oh, I mean, it's more so I didn't get a smartphone for a while. Okay. You know, my, my parents were like, no, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> what is your favorite gaming console from your childhood? Oh, man. The thing is, is, is it, it, like, like, as I said, I didn't get a smartphone. My parents were reluctant to get me consoles. But if I did get a console, it, you know, I wouldn't get many games. So to be honest, the thing I spent the most on is I had, uh, I, was, I got a PC um, my, my sophomore year of high school. And I torrented every game you could think of on that. Um, you know, I, I would rarely buy games. But, I, you know, this isn't a console, but I was a PC gamer. I was. All right, all right. That, no. that's how you know a true gamer the true gamers play play on the pc uh, <laughs> that's right <laughs> so what is the latest you've stayed up playing video games in one night dude before i was before i stopped okay ever ever this will i mean i mean it's i mean rookie numbers but probably 3 a.m you know that's still pretty good. Probably it's probably three a.m. Yeah, but That's everyone's a professional done runner. You got to go to sleep. You got to get to practice the next day. Yeah, I mean, this was this was. I mean, it was either because recently I I I was going back in a bunch of video games during quarantine. One one when I got Subnautica, um, that was a game I played uh, until two a.m. after I stopped running, just so I could, just because I could. That was one of the things because when I was running, I, I you know. I didn't really stay up late, you know, just because, you know, I had to get 10 hours of sleep or else I just wouldn't be able to function. So it was either after running or before running. And before running, probably 3 a.m. Easy, easy, for sure. All right. When you play video games online, do you talk shit to, like, 14-year-olds that are talking shit to you? No, dude. It's – because you... – <sighs> I want to. I love. It. If I'm at a party with my friends, they're gonna hear everything that they're gonna hear it all. They're gonna hear it absolutely all. But I mean, if you've ever played, if you've ever played with like 14 year olds like recently, because I mean, the only time I was playing Call of Duty was when I was 14. I took a probably a giant break throughout college, 
and then I start playing now, but I can't talk crap now. It's, it's, it's especially because the things that they say, not that, not that I'm above talking crap to a 14 year old. I'll do that all day. I have no problem with that. (laughs) It's that they're good at this. They've really cracked the code on how to make adults feel bad. So it's just a battle. I can't win. It frankly is just a battle. I can't win. And they will say words that I am not comfortable, you know, that, that are going to give me like a deer in the headlights. So uh, no, because they're going to make me feel bad. That's because they grew up with this. I got my first headset when I was like 21, right? And they, they were born into this. I can't, I can't catch up with that. I, and, just the te- and just the, you know, the art has just progressed so far, you know? It's like when we were talking crap when we were 14-year-olds, it was like, you know, it was like when movies were in black and white, you know? And now when they're talking, like, like the crap talk has advanced so much, it's like in 3D. I don't know if that made any sense, but that was the, that was what I decided to say. <laughs> yeah. All right. Last question. What's your favorite apple? Favorite apple. Let's go. <laughs> I love it, dude. You know, it gotta be, it has, it's the granny Smith. That's I think, I think, uh, on our podcast, somebody made an Excel sheet of what everybody said in like, had like data analytics of like different, our guest apples or whatever. And, and, and the, the granny Smith and most people just said green, but the granny Smith, I think had well over half of the answers. And that, that's when I agree with, that's a solid pick. See, I'm, I'm, a, Chris. I'm a hardcore, I'm a hardcore red delicious guy. That's yeah. no one says that. that I, you know, I know, I know. I, I, I have my hardcore red delicious. Red, you're, red you're delicious things. Alone with that opinion. Honey, honey crisp is far and away the number one apple it's really that's not a good even one. close that's a good not one. even close see there, there's many problems with the red delicious one it's often mealy you can rarely find red delicious and then two they're gigantic they're they're too oh, big it's but and, it's like you find you're right you're right they can be mealy but it, you get a good one it's sweet not sour it's got the right texture um, but um, that's that's the problem the the disparity between a good red delicious and a bad red delicious is just it's insane you're shooting half court shots right you're not going to make a lot of them you know a bed rad delicious if you take a bite out of it and you just get that like soft like oh god it's the worst. you throw it out immediately throw it out immediately hey and let's say let's say it it is it is ripe and it is delicious those things are gigantic they're they're huge (laughs) you're gonna have to like check the time before you eat it because you don't want to be like late for your next thing like they're they're big they're huge. <laughs> I remember there was Red Delicious in our cafeteria in college, and I swear to God, these were ma- manufactured in a factory. Like they <laughs> yeah. just tasted like an absolute plastic <laughs> apple. There's no oh. way that this grew on a tree. Not popular. Oh yeah. I, I don't. I mean, I feel like it's just the marketing. Like they just called the Red Delicious. You're like, oh, like how bad can this be? You know how it's bad? It's kind of bullshit that they call it that. I know. It really is. It really is. So I guess if I get in the food, the food industry, I'll just call something like, you know, I don't know. I was going to say yum, yum sauce. That's already a thing. So I don't know. (laughs) Anyways, Avery, thank you so much for coming on. This has been a lot of fun and we're dead serious. Anytime you want to scratch the podcasting itch, come on, Pete, too early. I I would love to. I would love to. I appreciate that. I really appreciate that. Thanks again to Avery for coming on the show. That was a lot of fun chatting with him. Um, like I said on the, like I said in the interview, standing offer. Anytime you want to come on, Avery, scratch that podcasting itch. 
you are one of us now. You have officially peaked too early. You're officially a former competitive runner. So come on whenever you want. Or, you know, the three of us, Avery, we talked a little Craig's retiring from running. We can just become a hurling podcast and just kind of start doing that, you know, bring Hell the yeah. podcast full circle. So, um, long episode. I don't think we really have any segments here at the end. So, um, why don't we wrap it up with a, with a quick bell lap? Mike, what do you got for people on the bell lap? Steve, we've been waiting for this bell lap topic for quite some time. We are in the end of August, gentlemen, which means that we are on the precipice of fall. I mean, fall is... Listen, I'm not trying to wish away summer here, but I really am. Because we, we, we talk about it again, probably just as much as we talk about Steve's juice cleanses. We talk about how fall is the greatest season of all. Football is... It's right there. I mean, you can touch football. It's so close. And the Red Sox suck so bad right now that, God, do we need football. So I'm ready for it. I'll be the first one to say, I'm wishing away summer. Get me to the fall. Let's go. Trent, what do you got for people on the Bell app? A couple weekends ago, I had a great experience down in Falmouth at the road race. Uh, big, big Falmouth road race there. Watched the mile the day before, and I'll just tell two quick stories. We had Craig Ingalls, Johnny G, two of our guys in it. Craig comes over after his race. He got out kicked for second. This team of high school girls is just going nuts. They all have the Craig Ingalls merch on, and Craig is just, like, taking pictures, so in his element. I, I Being up close and seeing these girls just lose their mind to see Craig was great. But Johnny G comes over and made this this young girl's life who was, like, so nervous to even talk to him and was just saying how Johnny was her favorite athlete had like three things for him to sign. Uh, and so Johnny is like chatting with her and, and, and making her just feel a little bit more at home. But then Johnny goes, so who, who are you big a fan of uh, Craig or me? And she was like, no answer. She couldn't be honest with Johnny and tell him that she actually liked Craig better. So she was the ultimate track and field fan, I guess. But anyway, fun time, fun to see those guys up close. Uh, my bell lap also has to do with Falmouth, but the actual Falmouth road race. Um, our guy, Matias, peak too early sponsored athlete, won the non-professional division at the Falmouth road race. Congratu- congratulations to Matias. Hey, listen, this guy's setting himself up for a big cross-country season. And we were talking about this the other day. We might have a cont- – I, I don't want to – I don't want to. I don't want to get ahead of ourselves, but he's going to be in the mix for the outright individual national championship, this cha- national champion this cross country season. I don't want to jinx anything, but I just want to put that on people's radar that you know we got we got an exciting D three uh, cross country season to to watch here. So um, that's coming up. Congratulations to our guy Matias. On that, boys, I would have run faster. But I peaked too early. Mike, hit me with the Joes. Joes is on a vacation far away. Come around and talk it over. You know nothing that I want to say. You know I like my girls a little bit older. I just want to use your love tonight. 
it was so great. I did five miles. I felt really good out there. The rain was wonderful. Thanks for asking. How was your run, Aaron? It was great. I did five miles. The rain was wonderful. <laughs> good. I think I burned off two Guinnesses. <laughs> <laughs> Just 40 more to go. Yeah. <laughs> 40. That's being light. <laughs> <laughs>